We're going to read verses 1 through 8, then we're going to skip down some. Psalms chapter 89. I will sing... Excuse me. See the flag waving. Don't start that. Psalms 89, verses 1 through 8. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With thy mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of his, the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee? Then skip down to verses 33 and 34 in that same chapter. The Bible says, Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer thy faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Tonight, if we have a title, it would be God's Loving Kindness and Faithfulness. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. Thank you, dear God, for your faithfulness to us, dear God, Lord, your, your long-suffering, your patience, God, your love, mercy, and kindness. Thank you, Lord, you never slumber, you never sleep, you never leave us by ourselves. Lord, you're always there. Lord, with just the right time, just the right answer, just feeling the right need. And Father, we're so thankful tonight, Lord, I pray. Father, for that one that may hear, be here tonight, Lord, that does not know you, Lord, in the free pardon of sin, Lord, I pray tonight they'd be saved by your marvelous grace. Lord, perhaps there's one tonight, Lord, that just refuses, Lord, to put their faith and trust totally in you, Lord. And I know, Lord, we all, Lord, need help here. Lord, that we could completely, totally just sell out to you, dear God, and totally put our faith and trust, Lord, that whatever comes our way, you're going to take care of it. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. Thank you, Lord, with meeting uh, with Lancaster Baptist Church today, Lord, and with us here and all across the world and land. Thank you for all that you've done this day. Lord, please now, Lord, we need your help. Lord, we need your power. We need your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If it hasn't happened already, all of us will sometimes... In the future, need. Look, we will feel like God is not keeping His word. We feel like maybe He has not keeping. He's not keeping a promise. Sometimes God lets things kind of ride along for just a little while, and sometimes we might feel like that uh, we're facing something that God's not keeping His word. He's not keeping His promises. The the trials and the troubles arise uh, in our lives. Difficult circumstances that can literally shake uh, our faith to its very core. See, when it happens to us, it's a whole lot different than when it is when it's happened to somebody else. But when it's on us, it becomes very real. When it's in our door, on our doorstep, when it's in our lives, in our heart. And at such time, our our faith is tested. And that's when uh, we must, by faith, take God at His word. And here in the scripture that we read, um, this is a psalm, uh, it's called a mascal 
of Ethan the Ezraite. That word maskel means uh, instruction. In other words, Ethan here was writing in an instruction to the children here of da- to David and to the, the children of Israel. And one of the, the verses down here in verses 33, he said, Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. One tribe of Native Americans had a unique practice for training their young braves. On the night of a boy's 13th birthday, he was placed in a dense forest to spend the entire night alone. Until then, he had never been away from the security of his family and his tribe. But on this night, he was blindfolded and taken miles away. When he took off the blindfold, he was in the middle of the thick woods by himself, all night alone. Every time a twig snapped, he probably visualized a wild animal ready to pounce. Every time an animal howled, he imagined a wolf leaped out of the darkness. Every time the wind blew, he wondered what more sinister and sound it masked. No doubt it was a terrifying night for many. After what seemed like an eternity, the first rays of sunlight entered the interior of the forest. Looking around, the boy saw the flowers, the trees, the outline of the path that had taken him there. And then to his utter astonishment, he beheld the figure of a man standing just a few feet away, armed with a bow and arrow. It was the boy's father. He'd been there all night long. Can you think of any better way for a child to learn how God allows us to face the test of life? God is always present with us. When we think He's far, far away, He's just right there. He's just, uh, I call it one prayer away. (laughs) The only thing that hinders me from His fellowship and His presence in my heart and life, He's always there. But one thing that hinders us uh, is our sin. So I quickly ask God to forgive me of my sin. Wash me thoroughly, O God, from my iniquity. Cleanse me, Lord, from my sins. Forgive my transgressions. And then we're just as holy and clean and pure and righteous as Jesus was. If you believe when you pray and believe that, that God does that, He's always there. Verse 33 starts with that word, nevertheless. That means in spite of. And here the psalmist had written uh, these whole chapters all the way down to these 34, 35 verses. And I wanted to read all that, but I didn't want to keep you here all night. But he's, he's telling David some things and he's reminding David of some things. But he starts out here with nevertheless. And that's a glorious nevertheless. That means in spite of everything, David, that's going on in your life, of my loving kindness will I not utterly take from you. And that should be a, such a great fear-killing sentence to us that God reminded David and God's telling David here that he's never going to remove his loving kindness. He's never going to take his faithfulness away from him. This, this sentence here crowns the whole covenant that he made there in verse 34. He talks about the covenant. It crowns the whole covenant with exceeding glory that no matter, David understands what happens, no matter what happens, God's not going to be unfaithful to him. God's loving kindness is not going to go away. Uh, it just crowns the whole covenant with, with glory. And mercy may seem depart from the Lord's chosen. But it's never altogether, it don't never altogether do so. We think God's far, far away. And I have found in my life since 1981 that many times when I thought God was so far away that I couldn't do anything to get a hold of Him, later on I found out that was probably the time that He was the closest to me. 
and the closest to us. And that's what David was finding out here. Uh, Faithfulness in the little things is a great thing. To believe God in the little things. I was thinking about this, thinking about what I was going to speak on tonight coming over the road and one of the preachers on the radio started talking about David and the bear and the lion. And I was thinking about, he was preaching on David and Goliath and he was talking about that giant being 10 foot tall. David had faced a bear, he had faced a lion, but he never faced a giant 10 foot tall. But the bear and the lion at that time seemed like little things. They were big things when David was facing them. But then there is a 9 foot 6 inch giant standing before him with a spear like a weaver's beam with a shield in front of him and then a man standing out in front of him to, to help him and he's standing up and David's the first time he's faced this but it was the little things the faithfulness in the little things that led to the great thing and that same one that helps us and listens to us and takes care of us in what we think is the little things is the same God of the great things that come our way we look at these scriptures and number one of the things I want you to see tonight is God cannot betray His faithfulness. God may leave His people. It's not that He leaves us and forsakes us, but we can lose fellowship with Him because our hearts not work. He don't move. He's the same He's always been, but we move away. And they, we may suffer much and, very, and fall very low. We may utterly and altogether Not be where God wants us to be, but God says, I'm never going to remove my faithfulness from you. For if for him to do that would mean that he would cast a reflection upon his own truth that he's already promised. We we learned about that this morning. That God cannot lie, he cannot deny himself, and he's not going to deny, he's not going to turn uh, from what he is because he is truth. Uh, He will never allow his truth to be tarnished. He will never allow His words, His faithfulness, His long-suffering, His loving kindness. Because He adds, uh, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail, He says there in that verse. See, we fail in all points, but God falls in none. He never comes short. Number two, to be faithful is one of the eternal characteristics of God. He always places a great part in which He always places a great part of His glory. His faithfulness. That's one of them. His characteristics, eternal characteristics of God is He's faithful. His truth is one of the particular treasures that He crowns Himself uh, as a crown jewel. And he'll, He will never allow that to be tarnished or done away with in any degree. The world wants to turn, say that God's not faithful. The devil wants to tell you God's left you. He, he, God don't, the devil don't want you to think God wants you anymore, that he's done with you. You're used up. You might as well sit down and quit and sit down somewhere, get out of the way and let somebody else come through. And that's a lie out of hell. God puts you somewhere. God placed you somewhere. God's given you something to do. Then God's gonna, God is faithful and he's not gonna leave you. He's not gonna forsake you. He's not gonna take that away from you. Number three is, he said, I will not utterly take it from him. Why that word from him? Because, as we talked about this morning, because all of God's loving kindness, everything about his loving kindness, his faithfulness, his people is centered in Christ Jesus. You ask the question, does God love me? Does God love you? It's because he loves Christ. The Father loves his Son, Jesus Christ, and we are one in him. See, our transgressions are, 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 are ours. 
They're ours. Because Jesus never knew no sin. And see, uh, they're separate from Christ. But God's love is not your own. It's, he don't love me because I loved Him. He loves me, period. I love Him because He loved me. And He gave His life for me. And see, it, it's got nothing to do with my transgressions or whether I'm at, that He's going to take His, his uh, loving kindness, His faithfulness away because if that could happen, He'd have been gone a long time ago because I failed Him and I come short. But it's because of Him. Uh, it's not because of, of what I've done, but He loves me and He cares for me. And he's faithful to me because He's faithful to His Son and He's faithful uh, to me because He loves Him. And see, we be- receive that because we are one with Him. If we transgress, God says, I'll punish Him, but my love and kindness I will not take from Him. I'm telling you, uh, we all need that. We all need to know. We all need to remember that. God is faithful. David was one... The, the writer here, Ethan, writing this instruction to David, David had suffered many, many things. And folks today are suffering many, many things, but God is faithful. See, uh, one of the things he said here, uh, the words, nevertheless, thy loving kindness will not utterly take from him. He's not going to take it away from Jesus. So if you can't take it away from Jesus, he's not going to take it away from us because we are in him and he's in us. And, and see, the question here about this are those who are being chastised. It would appear that uh, he said it should have been from them, but it's from him because it's all about Jesus and what Jesus has done for every one of us. Folks, the, the, the prophet here had had thus worded, because being the children and members of Christ, the favors which Christ bestows upon us belong to Him in some manner. It, God loves us so much, and He wants that relationship with us and desires it so much that He has done everything He can possibly do to remove everything out of the way that you and I can have that relationship with Him. He said, My covenant will I not break, for it's properly to Jesus Christ. On account of his obedience and what he done on the cross. We count it sometimes as nothing. Number four there, nor suffer thy faithfulness to fail. See, man's faith may fail sometimes, but God's faithfulness never fails him. God will not suffer his faithfulness to fail. He will not, he will not make a lie in his truth or in his faithfulness. The Hebrew there is, he is a God that cannot lie. He is truth. He speaks truth. And not one of his promises can or shall fail. For a promise, for one of God's promises to fail would mean that he could no longer be God. Because he could not keep his promise. You and I can make a promise. We can say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But we really don't know if we can do that or we can't do that. Our, what God says for us to do is say, if the Lord's willing, I'll do this. Or if the Lord's willing, I'll do that. But when God says, I will do something, then we don't have to worry about it. When he tells us that he's, he, his faithfulness, as we talked about this morning, uh, will we'll never perish, will never die. And all these things, uh, folks, God said he was faithful. And David is telling, the, Ethan here was writing this psalm to, to David. And he wanted him to know that no matter what he went through, and David went through a lot, that God's faithfulness and God's loving kindness was never going to depart from him. So we find here God cannot betray his faithfulness. Number two, he cannot allow his promises to fall. Folks, we serve a God tonight that no matter what he tells us in his word, 
I can't remember just exactly how many promises there are. I believe it depends on who you read after. It tells you how many promises there are in the Word of God. And God cannot and will not ever allow one of those promises to fail or to come short. No matter where we're at in our life, no matter what goes on. The psalmist here related how David, how God chose David to be Israel king. And then he removed the covenant that God made with David. And see, the important fact to remember is this, that even in David's, God said, even if your descendants prove to be unfaithful to God, I won't be unfaithful to them. And folks, you and I tonight are a part of all of that. Number one, God's choice of David and David's trust in him. Psalm, in verses 19 and 20, he said, When thou spakest in vision to the Holy One and saidest, I have laid help upon one that is mighty. I have exalted one chosen out of all the people. I have found David, my servant, with my holy oil have I anointed him. See, Ethan recalled here uh, how God chose David from among the common people of Israel and exalted him. Everything that God had done for David, David brought David to where he was at. He knew who David was when he was out there tending those sheep. He knew him when he was a little boy. He knew him when he grew up. Everything about him, he already knew. The Lord spoke to uh, his holy ones. That the Bible talks about the Samuel and Nathan. And to affirm of his selection here of David as Israel's shepherd. And God's promises to David are in verses 21 through 29. Now listen to these things that he promised David. And there's not one of these promises here that God made to David that's not good for you and I today. He said he would always sustain and strengthen David. In other words, God's hand and arm, symbols of his power, would always be on him. You're God's son, you're God's daughter, you're God's child. And God said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. He would sustain and strengthen David. Number two, he would protect David from his enemies. His adversaries would never defeat him or, or exact from him. That is, by force to pay tribute to them. They could never be in a place where they could make David fall down and worship them. He would protect David from his enemies. He would make David victorious over all of his foes. He would always love and be faithful to David. He would give David universal rule. A rule over the sea and the rivers. He would stir David to trust him and to call on him as his father. God, rock and savior. God would have a close relationship. or David would have a closer relationship with God. He would make David his firstborn son and the mightiest king on earth. Now that's a promise right there. You think where David come from. Now these promises here were to David. As I said, they, they apply to us, but one day you and I are going to rule and reign with Jesus when he comes back. He, he would make David his first, uh, the mightiest king on earth. He would uphold his mercy and unfailing love toward David and keep his covenant with him. This also meant that the Lord would preserve David's seed or kingly line and throne forever. And this, this promise would be fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Folks, when you look at these promises that God made David here in this in Psalms chapter 89, Ethan's writing to David and wanted him to understand these things and remember these things. But God so gave a warning there in verse 30 through 32. He used a stern warning to David's descendants. Uh, he said, those of his line would succeed him as king. They must not forsake his law or refuse to keep his commandments. He said, you got to stay with me, fellas. you got to stay with me. you got to believe me. you got to put your faith and trust in me. And then he goes on and see that God's uh, affirmation of his love and faithfulness to David. The Lord confirmed his loving kindness and faithfulness to David. Even if David's descendants forsook the Lord, he said, because David of your faithfulness, I'm not going to forsake them. I'll keep my promise to you. 
Now I've hurried up to get to here, and this is where I wanted to get to start with. He said point number one was God cannot betray his faithfulness. Number two, he cannot allow his promises to fail. Number three, he absolutely would not violate or alter his covenant with David. Everything he, would, he had spoken, he would do. Everything God's given us in the Word of God, God said that he would do it. We see, the, we see the pattern, we see the history in the Bible of men before us that God promised them that he would be faithful, he wouldn't remove his loving kindness. And folks, he'll do the same today. God here makes a strong statement there in verse 34. He said, I'm sworn by his holiness that David's line and throne would continue forever. And folks, God has kept his promise. Again, uh, if it's not happened already, all of us, and sometimes we've, we have been through hard times, we're in a hard time, or we're going to go through a hard time. Uh, and we're going to think, well, God, where, where are you at in all of this? God, have you not kept your promise? You've left me out here all by myself. The trials, the troubles are going to come. The difficult circumstances, as we said earlier there, can shake our faith to the core. To say, God, where are you? If you don't show up, God, I'm about to leave. I'm just going to give up. And many times what God is doing there is he's bringing us to ourselves to help us to understand, okay, have you done enough now? Have you messed up enough? Do you realize that you're at the end of yourself now that I can help you, that I can step in and I can take care of of what you need? See, our faithfulness is the yardstick of, of our faith. Is how much do we believe God? You know, I wish I'd got a yardstick. Sometimes we want to believe God for this. We'll believe God sometimes for the little things. We want to use the whole, yeah, I believe God's going to do that. But when it comes to the big things, then we say, well, you know, this is a little bit over God's head. David could have been the very same thing. But when faithfulness is most difficult, when our faithfulness, when that time for us to believe God is the most difficult, it's the most rewarding. When you stand back and say, wow, look what God done. Just look what God done. To you and me tonight, Ben, thank you so much for your testimony. I've been there, and I know some of y'all have been there. You don't have a choice in the matter. You've got to get something fixed. And you, how am I going to pay my bill? How are we going to make it? And then God just puts himself on display, right out of the blue. Just, just not even expecting uh, God to be anywhere around or even listen and say, Lord God, what are we going to do? I know what the preacher preaches. I know what the, I know what the Bible says, but God, where are you at? And then right when the middle of, of everything, God just shows up. In Hebrews 11, God tells us about the Old Testament heroes of faith, how every one of them faced a serious test. And folks, if we're going to serve God and we're going to do anything for God, our faith is going to be tested. Our faith... Sometimes it's the people around us that going through the trials that we love so dearly, they, they're, they're being tested. They're going through a time in their life where they just got to believe God. And, and you try to talk to them and say, you know, you just got to believe God. We're going to pray with you. We're going to help you. We want to do all we can to help you. We're going to believe God. And sometimes when you and I try to get in the midst of that and, and really try to help, what we're really doing is getting in God's way. And we, it, makes, it makes it harder sometimes because God's wanting to do something. So the best thing we can do is step back and say, okay, now God, what are you doing here? If I've learned one of the great lessons I've learned from preacher Jerry Steins is that very thing right there. 
I can tell you the times I've sat in his office and we'll be talking about something, uh, something that's on his heart or his mind or something I'm talking to him about. And he'll say, well, brother, it comes down to this. We just need to wait and see what God's doing here. We just, we just got to wait on God. What's God want to do here? And sometimes when it's me, I think, Daddy, I didn't come in here to ask you that. I, God told you to tell me, so I want you to give me an answer. I got to have the answer. It ain't that, it ain't that way. Sometimes he does have a, it, it is that way, but most of the time is, let, let's just wait and see what God's going to do. Let's see, what, let's see where God's at in this. Let, let's, see, let's see what God's wanting to do here. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, he gives us a, a whole list of people here, and they faced a serious test, a serious test of his or her faith, but yet in spite of their circumstances, they believed God and acted according to his word. That's why we have a Hebrews chapter 11, because somebody simply just believed God. Those were huge things in those people's life. They just believed God. So in the darkest days of life, we need to trust God. No matter what comes our way, we just got to trust God. When our circumstances don't make sense to us, we need to place our faith and trust in Him. Because it's going to happen. If you're saved and you're born again, your faith's going to be tested. You're going, you're going to be tested. It's going to come. And when it seems that God's promises are collapsing more than ever, we need to believe Him and stand on His Word. I can just imagine, I, I can relive the times, every time the preacher tells the story about being here and people pulling into the church here when we was building this building right here and, and the lost people come and say, man, God's a blessing, y'all. And then the Christian people come in, my God, are you sure about this preacher? Are you sure this is what you should be doing? Do you think that didn't put some doubt in the preacher's heart and in his, in his mind of thinking, well, are we doing but by faith and just believing God and standing on His Word and saying, no, God, you, this is what you said, so this is what we're going to do. And see, the faith releases the power of God in our lives when we believe, when we can't see the way, and we have to trust Him to fulfill His promise. Say, God, I know I can't see it from here, but God, you said it, so I'm going to believe it. And that's the faithfulness that God's talking about. His, God, to know that God is faithful, and He loves us so much that he's not going to go back on his word. The Bible says in Romans 4.20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now those are easy words to, to read, but they're harder, they're harder words to live. As God, I'm just going to believe. We may fall flat on our face, but God, we're going to believe you. And here's the whole thing that I've tried to get to tonight. The believer whose work fails in the eyes of the world can know for sure these four things. The world will look at you. Sometimes I meet people along the way that, that uh, I used to work with uh, years and years ago. And what, what are you doing now? Where are you working now? What are you doing now? You tell them where you're Oh, like I should be ashamed of what I, what, what I am and what I do. I'm not ashamed of God. I'm not ashamed of what I do. It's, it's, not, a, it's not something, serving God and, and, and being uh, in, in my life, in your life, serving God and living for God, don't be ashamed of, of that. Don't be ashamed. Uh, bless God, we've got a God that's faithful to us and cares for us and loves us and it said He would take care of us. He would fill our every need. We'll never hunger. We'll never perish. We'll never go. He'll, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And folks, the world don't have that. I feel sorry for them when they look at me like that. And I think, my God, man, I feel sorry for you. You feel sorry for me? I feel sorry for you. I lived the best life I've ever lived in my life. I have more than I've ever had because my heart is I, I, I want what I have and, and I need I, I want what I have and have what I want, I guess. But it kind of goes like this. 
You don't have to have a ton of junk to be happy. You don't have to have all these things. You don't have to have uh, the things of this world to keep you happy. But in one thing that God wants us to understand is our failure is temporary. And God will help and strengthen and even teach us through the trying times. That's exactly what Ethan was instructing David here of God's faithfulness. We're not failures when we fail and we come short. Number two, God will work all things out for good for the believer loves God and has been called by God. Romans 8, 28, for all things work for good for them. Everything in our life works good for us, folks. Excuse me, if we just believe God. Our problem is we just don't believe Him. We can't believe Him in the little things. We want to handle, we want to handle everything ourselves. And I am the world's worst. The preacher, he always says, the engineer this, the engineer that. I like to figure things out. I like to work on things. I'm a man, and if you're a man, I know how you are. You want to figure things out. You want to do it yourself. And sometimes I think God wants to do it yourself. By God, I have to do everything for you. Yeah, he wants to do everything for us. But to work it out ourselves, to come up with a plan ourselves. But our first place to go should be to God. Okay, God, what do you want? What is it that, that you want us to do? Because see... God wants to work in our lives, and God will work all things out for good. Number three is God will see to it that the necessity of life are given Him. Perfect example, sitting right over there. Perfect example, sitting right there in Miss Tammy. She just had surgery, and she's here. Others in the church need things. Uh, you, whatever's going on in your life, God is more than able to provide that that comes in our lives. One of the things in preparing this, I was thinking to God, what's going to come in my life now that I'm going to have to... You know, you've heard a preacher, I live that one. This one here, we always have to live. We've got to believe God. See, God, number four, God has much better things in store for us eternally. The believer has been faithful in his work, so God will reward him as a faithful servant. Even if his labor has failed in the eyes of the world, no matter what the world thinks... God allows things to come in our life and God allows us to fall. God allows us to come short because we're so easily, we so easily, we want to be proud of what we do. We want, we want to look back at the day. One of, one of the things when I first come to church here full time, I wanted to, uh, at the end of the day on the job there in a factory, I could look back and say, okay, I got this done, this done, this done, this done, this done. And it was sometimes I felt like, why, God, why are you even paying me? Why, why is the church giving me money to be here? I love what I do so much. Why do I get to do this and, and be? And I know the preacher feels the same way when he talks about being a privilege and an honor to pastor because he loves it so much. And, and it's like, God, you're, you're so faithful. You're so good to us. Uh, and God just rewards us and gives us, takes care of us and just fills us up. And, and serving him and, and doing what he would have us to do. God said, I got better things in store. And the world looks at it and say, God, I, I just don't know how you do what you do. I don't, I don't know how, Chris Francis, I don't know how you do this. Uh, and all of us, how do you do this? How do you, because you just got to believe God. The believer who goes through a failure needs to remember just one thing. And this is for every one of us. Be faithful and just continue to be faithful. Why? Because God honors faithfulness. You want your family to be took care of? Be faithful to God. We've all tried being faithful to a factory somewhere or a job somewhere. Now, where's that got us? The jobs are, the, the things we went through in these last eight, nine years, things are not the way they used to be. 
Used to, you, you could go to work in a factory, get a job, work your way up and make pretty decent money. And now factories, they open and close like nobody's business. Many factories and many of y'all have worked at them. They're, they're hiring everything's exploding this week. Next week they're laying off. I, I know, I know people that, that they, the factories were, they, oh, we're busting at the seams. They'd hire people and before the day was over, they'd come with a slip and send them home and said, well, we, we changed our mind. We don't need you. And, and along with a lot of other people. But the believer who goes through a failure needs to remember just one thing to be faithful and continue to be faithful. If we put our, God, our trust in God first, God will lift you up now and eternally because God is faithful. That's exactly what he was. Ethan here was writing this, this uh, uh, Psalms chapter 89, which was a, we know that it's the Hebrew song book, and he was writing this. And folks, God wants us to understand it's as true today as it was then. We just need to settle in our hearts that God is faithful and he will always be faithful. No matter what's going on, no matter, no matter where we, we're at in our hearts and our life. When our faithfulness, again, our faithfulness is most difficult, it's the most rewarding. It's there in them hard times. When God puts himself on display and you just look and uh, if you've ever been there and God just stepped in and God just took care of whatever it was, there's no feeling like that feeling to know what, wow, he was right there all the time. Just like the, the little the boy in our illustration there. He, was, he thought he was out in the woods all by himself. Every little twig that snapped, everything that moved, he probably jumped. Uh, I don't know if this is a good show to watch or not, but we watch it sometimes. There ain't much nakedness on it. There is that naked and afraid. They're out there in the woods. They're by themselves. That show alone uh, where they're out there by themselves. And, and, and I'm thinking, man, I'm telling you right now, I just don't know about all that. And they're showing the cameras and they're watching them cats walk by. A cat's one thing, but I'm telling you right now, boy, when them snakes come crawling, I'm telling you right now, Ronnie Watts, it'd be which way did he go? <laughs> Not where's he at, it'd be which way did he go? Because uh, I'm afraid of snakes. I'm more afraid of snake than the preacher is a dog. And you know how bad that is. Bless God, he's afraid of a dog, amen? But God says here in, his, in the word of God there in those uh, verses, in Psalms 89, verses 33, he said, Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Folks, God saved us, born again. We're on our way to heaven, and God says, I'm, be, I'm faithful to you. I'm never going to leave you, and my faithfulness is never going to fail. My loving kindness will I utterly not take from you. So, so folks, what do we got to fear? Why do we live in such a spirit of fear sometimes? It's so easy to grasp that spirit of fear. Lord, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? Well, God tells us what's going to happen. His loving kindness is not going to fail. His faithfulness is not going to fail. Amen. Let's all stand. Bow our heads. Every eye closed, please.